0: The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. One of my favorite Christian writers, Anne Lamott, says that the two very best prayers she knows are, help me, help me, help me, and thank you, thank you, thank you. And those two prayers are a perfect summary of our gospel reading this morning. In this morning's gospel, we find Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, passing through a small village in the region between Samaria and Galilee. And as he enters this village, ten lepers call to him from the outskirts of town. Although today we now know leprosy is Hansen's disease and that 95% of people have a natural immunity to it and it is fully curable, in Jesus' time, leprosy was a general term for anyone with a bad skin condition. It was thought to be highly contagious. And according to religious laws, lepers had to remain on the margins of villages and towns with other lepers and outcasts. Their possessions were thrown out. Fabrics from their home were burned for fear of infection. When people would approach them, lepers were obligated to yell, unclean, unclean, to ward off other people. They were required to wear tattered clothes to remind people of this uncleanliness And for people to stay away. They were homeless, destitute, outcast, and alone. And from their exile on the outskirts of town and life, the ten lepers call out to Jesus, Help us, help us, help us. And he tells them to go show themselves to the priest. Now, in Jesus' time, being clean or unclean, whole or disabled, well or sick, it was not just a medical diagnosis but more importantly they were religious categories and therefore it was the priest that would determine if one was healthy and whole and able enough to rejoin society so although there is no talk of healing in our text jesus's instruction indicates that something is about to happen and happen it does as they go on their way they are healed of their disease not just their skin But they are restored to their families, their community, their faith communities, and restored to themselves. This is the nature of all of Jesus' healings. The physical restoration is only one part, and I might even suggest a necessary but lesser part of the healings. The true healing happens when that alienation is healed and people are restored to one another. That is the deeper healing that happens in all of Jesus' healing miracles. One of the lepers, when he sees that he's healed, turns back, praising God with a loud voice. He throws himself down in front of Jesus' feet, crying, Thank you, thank you, thank you. He was a Samaritan, and therefore a double outsider, not only as a leper, but a foreigner. And as with so many stories in the gospel, like the good Samaritan, it is the outsider that becomes the model of faith. Jesus wonders where the other nine have gone. Then he turns to the Samaritan and says, Get up and go on your way, your faith has made you well. And that phrase, made well, can also be translated as you are saved, healed, and made whole. The lepers' gratitude has brought about something more, something broader and deeper than just physical healing. It is a return to wholeness. This story of Jesus and the ten lepers is about the simple but vital importance of gratitude. Gratitude, sometimes referred to as the queen of the spiritual practices, gratitude, that pausing to turn around to give and express our thanks, it is a practice that can restore us to wholeness as well. In our own culture, as in the gospel, gratitude is often an overlooked virtue. Like the other nine lepers in the gospel, we rarely take the time for it. We get what we need, and then we move on to the next thing and the next we often don't take time to just be grateful. To make that gratitude a little less scarce this morning, I'm going to ask you to think for a moment about something that you are grateful for. It could be a person, a place, a thing, a time. I invite you to think of something that you are grateful for, and I'll give us a moment to do that. Gratitude is a powerful feeling, isn't it? Commentators point out that the difference in the one leper that returned is that he looked down and saw that he was healed. He had to take the time to actually look. And when we take the time, even for just a moment to look, as we've just done, we see how blessed we truly are. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, in Ordinary Life, we hardly realize that we receive a great deal more than we give and that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. It is only with gratitude that life becomes rich because we see how much we already have, how much we have been given. Uh, To put it another way, there's a sign in my office that a family from church gave me that says, gratitude turns what we have into enough gratitude turns what we have into enough. Gratitude is a different way, different lens of looking at our lives and our world. And gratitude is a crucial part of being Christian. Lutherans say that we're justified, saved, made right by God, uh, with God, by God's grace, which we receive through faith. There is nothing that we can do to earn God's love. We are precisely like those lepers outcasts, sick, alienated by our sin or our brokenness, by our own doing or that of others. And our hearts long for and cry out to God for healing. And Jesus says to us, Come back into the village, for I have made you well. Come close, for I am not afraid of your disease, your scars, your mistakes, or your failures. Come close now, for I forgive you and love you. I have made you well. You are holy. You are whole. Our gratitude, as with the leper, is a response to God's love and God's gift of grace. And there are a few things that happen when we practice gratitude. First, I think it shifts our perspective. It reminds us that we are recipients, receivers, and not just creators and producers and givers. We didn't create all this world, and we are not in charge of it. God is in charge. God has given it to us. In confirmation class uh, this fall, we're learning about the Apostles' Creed, and this past Tuesday, we looked at the first article of the Creed, I Believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of Heaven and Earth. And Martin Luther focuses on all that God gives us in his explanation of that part of the Creed. And Luther wrote, I believe that God has created me together with all that exists God has given me and still preserves my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all limbs and senses, reason and all mental faculties. In addition, God daily and abundantly provides shoes and clothing, food and drink, house and farm, spouse and children, fields, livestock, and all property, along with all the necessities and nourishment for this body and life. God protects me against all danger and shields and preserves me from all evil. And all this is done out of a pure, fatherly, and divine goodness and mercy, without any merit or worthiness of mine at all. For all of this I owe it to God, to thanks and praise, serve and obey. This is most certainly true. In that class, we made, the list, we made lists of things that we need for our daily living. We wrote them on post-it notes and spread them all over the wall, and saw all the things that go into just the making one day in our lives happen, and we wondered together and reflected together what it means for God to give us all these things for our daily living. It's amazing to think, when you stop about it, how much God gives to us every day. I think think gratitude also brings us back to what is most important in life, The things we are most grateful for are often not things at all, right? But people and moments and free and unexpected gifts of love and life and relationship. Gratitude helps us to see what is right in our lives, even when it seems that everything is going wrong. And gratitude draws us to God's own heart. God not only loves us and saves us, but God is grateful for us, too. Gratitude makes us happier. There are so many ways to practice gratitude. Some people keep a gratitude journal. They'll write three things a day that they are grateful for, but you could just do it as a prayer or a brief pause in your day. You could send a little, put a little reminder on your phone or write it in a note. Writing thank you notes is a great way to feel that gratitude, and it's just as good to write one as receive one. And gratitude is really one of the reasons that worship feels so good, because through worship we are expressing our gratitude to God together through song and prayer for all that God is and all that God does for us. Our worship is an act of gratitude. The key is to take enough time, like the Samaritan leper who looked down to see what was really happening, and to pause and give thanks In more recent years, Anne Lamont added one more prayer to that combination of help, help, help me, help me, help me, thank you, thank you, thank you. She added the prayer, wow. And she wrote a book called Help, Thanks, Wow as her three favorite prayers. And I hope that our practice of gratitude in just this moment, this morning, and in our practice this week, will help also bring us to that prayer of wow a prayer of wonder having seen and experienced all that God has given us, all that God has done for us, and all the ways that God sustains us each day. Help. Thanks. Wow. Amen.